Hello and welcome to Breaking Late. I'm your host, Michael, and with me is JD. See, didn't do the same intro again. I know you're not leaving anymore. <laughs> How are you, mate? Not so bad. How about yourself? Yeah, good, good. It was a, um, only, only one little bit of motorsport this weekend. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't heaps, but it was a nice time. It was during the day. Could still get <sighs> stuff done at nighttime. Yeah. How'd you find the race? Um, pretty entertaining, pretty entertaining. It's a bit of a shame that they didn't get a bit closer at the end of the race, but we'll talk about that later. Mm. The last Malaysian Grand Prix. Yeah, it's a bit sad, to be honest. It was, um, I can't, I can't remember the bloke's name off the top of my head, but he's the bloke that re- like designed all the new Formula One tracks. The, like he did all the ones in the Middle East, um, Austin, Texas. Um, I'm sitting right in front of a computer. I could Google it, but I'm not going to. Because it will ruin the vibe. Um, the Malaysian track was his first track that he designed, and now it's the first one to fall. Well, it's not the first one to fall off. I think India's fallen off. Yeah, um, but it, it's a bit of a shame because it is a pretty good track for racing. It makes it uh, is it some good racing. It's one of his better tracks. I find. I, I, agree. I, I like the Malaysian yep. Grand Prix, and yeah, it's it's sad that it's gone. I think it was pretty much come down to a cost factor. I think yeah, Bernie basically had put the goalpost too far away and they couldn't couldn't kick the goal anymore. Things obviously could change now that we've got new shareholders uh, yeah, and yeah. ownership of the of Formula One governing body, basically. They might renegotiate. It, they definitely won't be back next year. That's off the table 100%. But yep. there's nothing to say in three or four years' time that they could be back and uh, a part of the making uh, Formula One strong. Yeah, well, I mean, we only talked about last episode with the uh, James Warburton going over to Singapore and talking to Chase Carey and all of that and trying to get supercars and more of the Asian leg. It's really two, three races now, isn't it? It's Australia, Singapore, and Japan. Yeah, it's true. It is very true. It's, um, I guess that makes it more viable for form, uh, for Formula One and V8. Oh no, hang on, we go to Shanghai. Oh, that's true. Yes, we will. We will have Shanghai. I, I always forget Shanghai. But anyway, that's 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 neither here nor there. Um other interesting things in news. Yep, you wanna uh, we'll jump into the news first. Yep. You've uh, got a few. Uh just to basically well there's a few things going on around the tracks. Um now there's a prominent figure from the FIA he's uh just resigned. Yeah, you and were he's saying leaving. His, um, now he's only got three months gardening leave and it's made a lot of the teams very very angry so what was his position in the fia before? so he's he was in charge of basically he was one under charlie whiting and he was the person in charge of liaising with the teams on what specs their cars can and can't be to fit the regulations so if the teams had a query like oh we want to run a car with such and such design it's a little bit gray on the rules can you come inspect it Tell us if we're we're all good to go, so we can continue with the uh, the engineering process of making this work. So here's a guy that's got the insight to every team, every team. Now, multiple teams on the weekend were very angry about this. So Christian Horner was probably one of the most vocal. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said that this fellow had been at their factory in their wind tunnel as long as two weeks ago, looking inspecting at the 2018 next year, car. Yes, next year's car. So this would be all good and well if he was retiring from the sport or maybe he was going to NASCAR or Indy or something else. Mm. But he's, but he's not. staying in Formula One? So all the rumours, nothing's been confirmed other than, well, Christian Horner basically said it. Um, they've Cyril from uh, Renault has den- has said that he would know, confirm or deny that this, this uh, fella's going to be starting at their shop. Yeah, um, and Christian Horner went as so far to say he's definitely going to Renault. We need that bloke from Aston Martin again. He was pretty good about just telling it straight how it is, eh? That was actually really good, yeah. I, I actually quite no enjoyed it. No beating around the bush. You like, need, and people like Force India and stuff like that. The, he, the, I forgot his name. Bob. Is it Bob? I can't remember his name. Anyway, the the one of the managers at Force India, he is very straight with how he shoots. It's a hundred percent same with Toro Rosso mm-hmm. and Franz Toss is um, very straight as well with how he he he'll he'll tell you a spades a spade. So it is a little bit of a shame because it's gonna bring a little bit of a dark cloud over top of Renault next year. At the start of the year, I think uh, there'll be some pretty pissed off teams because this fella's looked at basically all of the team's next year's car because 
uh, pretty much every team would have their car semi-designed already. Yeah, well, you got to. It's, it's October now. Yep. you got to race again in March. So that's why it was such a big thing for um, McLaren Honda to turn into McLaren Renault next year because it's getting so late uh, in in the design th- period now where they've got to have a gearbox and everything. And that basically designs how their suspension mounts at the rear and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty late in the day now. So the cars are fairly well... Um, three quarters design, yeah. or not three quarters, like the aero side of it's probably not so set in stone, but the, the chassis, chassis wise basically. and stuff, the set out of the cars, the wheelbase, the length, um, and stuff like that's probably so pretty, is there getting much pretty well. Regulations change between 17 18? Uh, I think we're losing the T wing. I noticed Red Bull weren't running that this weekend. No, they, the Red Bull have been one of the they they pushed it off for a long time, but I think when they added it to the car, it actually made a big difference. So they started to run it at a lot of their high downforce tracks. Mm-hmm. Now with Malaysia being a track that's sort of in between, um, listening to some of the Red Bull interviews from the weekend, they actually cut a bit of downforce off the car because the Renault engine power unit's still struggling so much. Uh, it's not huge. It's not like a Honda sort of power deficit and it's not like what they were last year but they still but the had Renaults to cull down on power yeah they still had to cull a bit of uh, uh, the downforce out of it so that they could get the top line speed out mm-hmm. of it uh, admittedly Max did say that they sort of changed their philosophy for this race and went with a slightly higher downforce than they have previously for this sort of circuit um, and it seemed to work out well, obviously. It worked out really well really for well. Max, didn't it? Well, really well for them in general. I'm not sure if they could have beaten Fatel, but um, that's that's it worked pretty well for them in general. Um, other things and news, we still have no confirmation for who's going to have their second seat at Williams for next year. No, there's a lot of talk. I saw saying... Um, so we still got Robert Kubica. Robert Kubica's... Still on the table. Paul yep. DeResta, obviously Massa still. Yeah, Massa still got his hat and the thing. Um, and Toto Wolf adds Mercedes prodigy Pascal Verline to the Williams shortlist as well. Yeah, I don't see Pascal going there. Where's he at now? Pascal's in Sauber. Wait, did we only talk two episodes ago? He's leaving. He's going DTM to yes. chase his Formula E dream. Yes. Ah, that's what he's doing. That's yeah, I don't see, and I agree with that. I don't see Pascal getting his seat there. One, he's, I don't think he's old enough. Pascal would only be, what, 22, 21? What's wrong with that? Well, Williams have the, they have to have one driver over the age of 25 for their Martini sponsorship on their cars. So, and uh, last time I checked, uh, Stroll was definitely not over the age of 25. Pascal Verlaine's 22. Look at that. She's uh, full of facts, aren't I? <laughs> Full of something, anyway. Actually, <laughs> happy birthday to Pascal, because um, it's the 18th of October. We're currently recording this on the 3rd. So, yeah, if he hears this, happy birthday, Pascal. Feel happy birthday. Shoot us a message. Anyway. Um, so, but yeah, very interesting seat, that one. Who do you think? Who's your money oh, on? Oh, I have no idea, to be honest. It's, look, we all want Robert Kubica to be back in a car. You don't have someone like Fernando Alonso come out and say that Robert Kubica was the best racing car driver he ever drove against. He was really good. To not want to see him back in a car. If Fernando Alonso can still be out there and be competitive, obviously Robert's had to overcome a fair few... Um, have you seen his arm? No, I haven't the seen the photos of his arm, no. It's, um, it's missing a fair bit missing, of muscle. Yeah, it, there's a good chunk of it not there, but... Yep. He seems he's tested the cars. He he only did testing what a month ago, two months ago. Well, listening to the interviews with like Christian Horner and the other team managers that were at the testing as well, they said he did really, really well. Mm. And it's not like he hasn't raced. He's still he'd been racing rally and stuff, and we know how well that kept worked for Raikkonen. Yeah, it keeps your eye on. Um, so, I mean, I, I fingers crossed for him. Um, my gut feeling is Mass is gone. Oh, I don't yeah. think he's done enough this year to keep his seat, to be honest. He's outperformed um, Stroll. He's outperformed Stroll, but you'd kind of expect that. Stroll started to shine a little bit in the last couple of races. Every now and then he shows better pace than Massa. Actually, Massa's. if you'd go to outperform, Massa's only leading Stroll by one point in the championship standings. 
Yeah, and the pace from Stroll has actually started to pick up. He's looked more natural in the car as of the last few races, which has been really good. It's He's hasn't looking more taken, comfortable. Yeah, it hasn't taken him long at all. And like what they said on the um the commentator, I think Ted or someone was saying that Pascal's not Pascal, sorry, Stroll. Oh, oh Stroll, close down Pascal tab. Um, <laughs> close down that tab. Lance Stroll's now in the car and he's actually giving nice, good feedback that's calm response. Yeah, um, you could really hear it through the races and stuff. Where the first couple of races, it was very panicky. Panicky yeah. and like, oh, I, I don't know what you're doing. Just this feels like this. We just need to fix this bit. And he's not, he wasn't relaying all the information to the engineers properly. And now you hear him on the radio. And when he says it, it's like, yep, no worries. Season cool. professional already. Yeah. And only, what, eight, nine races in. Yeah, he's done a, an amazing job. Um, so that's a real testament to the young fella to come through and stand up against a seasoned professional like Felipe. Um, you know, they're in a car that's been, let's be honest this year, way below its standards. Oh, yeah. Um, Williams definitely wouldn't be aiming for, I think, what the sixth on the championship or something now. So, yeah, so they wouldn't be aiming for sixth on the championship at all. It's not. Williams? Yeah. Williams a fifth. Fifth, there you go. At the moment. But they are so far off Force India. Williams are currently at 65 points. So Williams used to get fourth in the championship. Yeah. You and now the Williams was a fifth. bigger team than Force India. Now, Force India really just performed really well this year. Two years in a row now they've performed above mm. standard. Um, how far is Williams off Toro Rosso? So Toro Rosso could still... Toro Rosso's at 52 points and Williams, Williams? is 65 um, probably unlikely, but for a, such a esteemed team, they're not doing that great anymore. They've got the best power unit in the back of that car, and they're still struggling. Yeah, yep. And so. I don't know if it's just like they seem to every year they just build a car that can go fast in a straight line and just suffer through everything else. Look, their design is definitely for certain tracks. Mm. I think they feel that they can't pick off, say, Red Bull and. Mercedes on their pure downforce car, uh, say like Monaco or Singapore or something like that. So they aim for a really slippery car that only suits a certain few tracks, but they figure that they can finish right up the grid on those tracks. Yeah, yeah. You're like, all right, there's eight tracks this season that we are really strong at. As long as we finish in the point, like, you know, do good results in those eight, the ones we're going to suffer in will be yeah, written off. I think, was it Monza or... Spa, one of the two this year, which are, are sli- do give um, credit to slippery cars, mm. uh, they didn't do so well at. So th- they're just not being consistent enough this year. It's not it's not been a good year for them. They'll ne- really need to pick their game up next year. I don't know if that's just because of Stroll and um, maybe Massa's not doing as well as he could have done and, and stuff like that. Um, it's, it's a hard one to say, but maybe if we get a Kibitza or... Paul DeResta, someone that's a bit, well, Kibitz is not, not much younger than Massa, I'd say, but um, get someone else with yeah. a bit more ferocity back in there to drag that car up the front again would be cool. I think something that Robert Kibitz brings to it is more of the hunger to still be in Formula One. I, and I know I this is sounding you. bad, but, you know, Massa, he had his he had his day in the sun. He had this the... Oh, the Brazilian the Grand Prix and everything. He's well, had the best. Yeah. And he announced his retirement last year. We know it was probably a year earlier than what he really wanted, but I think he should just put his hat up. He's done well this year. Like, he still performed decently. Yeah, he hasn't let himself down. No one's there going, oh, nah, mate, you should have stayed at home. And Yeah, you know. yeah, but I agree with you. Yeah, it'd just be interesting. I I don't know. I don't see Paul DeResta coming back. Well, he honestly, I don't know who to tip for the seat because I don't know if Kubica will come back. He's who I want to come back, but I don't know if he will. I don't know who else you got out there. Did you put a Danny Kvyat in the seat or? Oh, that's a his name hasn't been thrown around. Have they signed Kvyat for eighteen? He's still got an existing Red Bull contract. Because it's something we haven't touched on. Um, well, Kvyat yeah. was so tired, he had to be rested. Mm, he did get a rest for a couple of races. Yeah. That um, came out of the blue. Did that take you by surprise? A little bit. A, like, surprise, like, I didn't expect it, but I'm not surprised that happened. 
Yeah, a little bit, to be honest, because they were adamant that he was going to make the races for the rest of the year. Mm. But they obviously want to get some fresh talent in there for next year now that science is confirmed to be leaving. Yeah, yeah, because you still got that extra um, extra spot because, see, Robert Kibitza, Robert Kibitza? Kibitza? he's also shortlisted for the... I read Toro somewhere Rosso, the yeah. Toro Rosso seat. I, uh, I think that was pretty well knocked on the head on the weekend by Christian. He basically said, no, that's not how we work. No, nah, Toro Rosso is basically, it should just be called Young Red Bull. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they, they had the their next, the well, the champion from GP2 last year in their car. Pierre Gasly. Yep. Um, and he did pretty well, yeah, I what, think. I was going to say, what's your takeaway from how well he... Um, I think he well can he hold raced. his he- head up high. I think in qualifying he wasn't that far off uh, science's time, so that's it's not too bad. And uh, he did fairly well in the race. I don't think he came home with any points, but he was not he doing was, too bad. I've just brought up the qualifying times. Carlos Saints in Q2 did a 132.402, and Pierre Gasly did a 132.558. So that's yeah. pretty good. So that's less than two-tenths off... Uh, off his teammate there, which is first not time a bad out in the car. Well, not first time out in the car, but first time out in qualifying. This is Formula One debut. I I was happy with how he went. Yeah, yeah, I was I was pretty happy with it. Um, especially because it was a bit of a tricky weekend. So, in we haven't touched on this yet, but in practice there was pouring down rain mm. on Saturday, and uh, it really hurt them setting up the cars. So it was a bit more of an unknown. Um, because all the sessions were cut cut short, and it's, and it's exactly what Crofty likes. Yeah, he likes uh, get, Very, take a day away from them setting the cars up, so yeah. everyone's still a little bit not Guessing. sure. Yeah, so no, he did a great job. I think he can hold his head, his chin up high, and um, and yeah. Well, he finished fourteenth. At least he finished. Carlos Saints, um, no result. Yeah, another DNF, unfortunately for Carlos. Anyway, uh, you got any other news? Um, I think that's about all from the news front for me. Oh, quick Formula One news. Um, if you are listening to this in Australia, the only race that will be available in Formula One that will be live on free-to-air TV next year is the Australian Grand Prix. All other races, if you want to watch... You will need to go to Foxtel or Google a stream. It's not hard. But the main point is the masses, the people who want to ditch yeah, Foxtel look, and find their the own streams, know how to do that. Yeah. Um, the masses, uh, they're going to miss out. Yeah, it's a, it's a real shame. Um, not that I can say that Channel 10's been doing a great job well, Channel of this 10 year. Went, under, went under. They got bought out by CBS. Is that Foxtel own Channel Ten? They own a bit of it. Yeah, they yeah, bailed yeah. Channel Ten out. Not this year. No, what was it last year? Yeah, yeah, but CBS, the American TV channel, bought Channel Ten. Oh, okay. So they purchased the whole lot yeah. off Foxtel because that's and Channel Ten basically was buying all of CBS's shows. I'm sorry, guys. This is just a little bit detailed in, in, um, in depth. But yeah, so they Channel Ten was buying all CBS shows like Modern Family and all of that, um, and yeah. Channel 10 went into major struggles financially, went into receivership, and now CBS bought them. Got to look at all their deals. Are they getting the eyes on the TV for Formula 1? Um, not worth the dollars, Apparently probably. not. And Foxtel were like, we're going to now be able to provide every race live and free without ads. So apparently the... From what I read here, Pay TV Fox, uh, Pay Television Network Foxtel has confirmed that it will continue to televise every F1 practice, qualifying, and race ad break free for next year, and will show the remaining six races of the current Formula One se- season exclusively live. Um, I did read somewhere, but it could be wrong, um, that the Australian Grand Prix will now next year will have no ad breaks yet and from next season we'll be able to deliver even better coverage with no ad breaks during the race for every race on the F1 calendar including the Australian Grand Prix now remember watching the Australian Grand Prix this year every time we went you had ad break when Channel 10 went to an ad we got little Formula 1 big ad yeah and 
we're going to get that next weekend. Yeah, we will. Bathurst. I hate it. That is very frustrating. I pay good money every month not to have ads during my race, and now I'm going to get it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It is It is frustrating. But, anyway, the V8 supercars will still be doing their thing on Channel 10. I think they still get a couple of races live. They're still doing their highlight package. Um, they're still doing... Have you watched any of the Channel 10 stuff? Uh, I do catch a little bit of Larco's stuff uh, every now and then, to be honest. I don't watch it on Channel 10. I watch it on Facebook. Yeah, because I don't, I don't even have free-to-air TV on my TV. Yeah, um, I rarely use it. This is showing probably our age. <laughs> a yeah, little bit. well, but yeah, I, I don't watch. I tend to not use. I, free I, TV I didn't get to much. watch the NRL grand final. I, wa- I watch the news. That's I don't about do that. all I watch on on free to air television. I had a mate over on um, Sunday watching the race with me, and after the race finished, he's like, "Oh, the NRL grand finals on." I'm like, "All right," change it to Fox League, and um, it wasn't on. So no, I was like, "All right." It's only on um, free to air. I guess I'm not watching the NRL Grand Final. I mean, you know me. I didn't lose any sleep over that. I, I turned it over. It was a bit of an ass kicking. So, um, it, yeah, well, it wasn't well I, really the only thing watching. I'm going to say is let's hope Melbourne Storm can keep this one without losing it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, also go the Tigers. Did you not watch the V8 Formula? The F. God, where am I? <laughs> for, for the be- AFL. See, we're a sporting podcast. So <laughs> touch on that. AFL. Did you watch I, I did not. No, I did not. It's very un-Australian of me, I know. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But anyway, we remember last year. It was a great year. Great it, was year. A, it was a good year for Michael last year. But, you know. Uh, and my son. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a diehard Western Bulldogs fan now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how old would he have been then? About six months old? Yeah, yeah. six months old. Mm-hmm. Got to watch his his team win his, their first uh, premiership of his uh, lifetime. Yeah, well, you're lucky because he... Um, They've still got a 50% strike rate in, as far as he's concerned anyway. Oh, yeah, and his years lived to yeah. grand finals. Yeah. Um, a little off topic, my sister had her first um, child and I got a text from her on Saturday going, oh, look at the colours. And it was in Adelaide Crows jumper. Ooh. And I was like, oh, that's wrong colours. <laughs> and I had to text her the next day going, how is she coping with her first <laughs> AFL loss? So I'm like, bear in mind, she might have to wait 18 years again before she gets another chance well, to, you know, celebrate her mighty Adelaide Crows in a grand final. Um, and then I got a message back of her, um, of her new daughter just passed out on the dog. And she's like, I don't think she's losing any sleep over it. <laughs> so I was like, all right. I but, was going to um, say, be easy, careful there, throwing stones. <laughs> I know, I know, right? <laughs> how many I years with bulldogs it, in between? It doesn't matter. We got doesn't one. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> we got one. Anyway, <laughs> all right, it'll be all like right. me trying to see an Australian win the Formula One championship. It's just, it might not ever happen in my <laughs> lifetime. Well, it's, it might not. It might, might not. not. Never well, know the stars could align. Okay, anyway, so we should probably we've talk talked about, about this. Let's talk about the race. Oh no, let's not talk about the race. Let's talk about qualifying. Okay, what let's do talk, talk about, about the one car that didn't get to do qualifying. Well, big, big implements in the championship from this again. That being I don't said, know. the Ferrari boys and girls. Is there girl mechanics? I don't know. There's there's girls in their team. There's girls in their team. All right, so the Ferrari boys and girls did a great job to try and get that car back out. They said that was a four-hour job to change the engine. Was in I two hours. That's what they were doing, changing yeah, the engine? Yeah, they changed the whole power unit. And they did it in two hours. Are you surprised it didn't work? Yeah, well, There's a reason why a, it takes four hours, right? Apparently, they had a pipe failure. Oh, so it wasn't like a hookup wrong. It was just a pipe burst or... A uh, pipe burst, yes, apparently. I'm sure they would say that to it's, defend their mechanics anyway. Are they still using rubber... No, I think it would probably I be like a be like hard uh, an hard aluminium body. CNC aluminium tube. I would say with just a rubber housing to mount it, like a well, not well, mount, probably wouldn't I mean even joining. They probably no, they probably use like a um, a band clamp. It's mm. hard to explain without a picture, but they make these clamps where two pieces of aluminium pipe can go together. They got a rubber O ring in between them, 
and the band clamp goes around it. Oh, I assume... it's got the extra lip on the edges and the band clamp sort of goes on either side of the Yeah, clip. and holds yep. it. Yeah. And um, so I, I assume they're running quite high boost, so they would probably run some sort of system like that. Um, if not, it would be bolted and O-ringed together. Um, so Big implementations in the whole championship here. Well, Look, the championship was a long shot to begin with, but as soon as you take Vettel out of qualifying in general, it's it makes it a lot harder. They've got some soft hosing. Sorry, I just brought up a picture of the Ferrari with its cover off. Um, this was taken from the starting grid of the Malaysian Grand Prix. Uh, yeah, I think this, this is Kimi's, Kimi's car. Kimi's. Yeah, it's Raikkonen's car. Um, yeah. I know you're you, more, can't, you can't. You can't see, see the much. Turbo. I was going to say you're more mechanically than so I am. So that's just your air intake tube that goes over the top. It's interesting that they've got the shell. Like they've still got logos on underneath the cover. Yeah, it's true. Actually, now you say that, that is uh, it's very interesting. Since they don't like people normally taking photos under there. Yeah, well, this is entitled um, "Pictures Fry Did Not Want You to See on the Malaysian Grand Prix Grid." Um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll save these. Jeez, look at the size of the... Is that a compressor housing on the top? Oh, no, it isn't. Nah. That would be a good car just to, like, let me near one. Let me well, take... Let me strip it... Oh. Some parts went on sale last year um, from when... Manor. Manor went up and um, bust. So, yeah, there was a lot of bits for sale. Ferrari mm. engine parts. Anyway, back to the Formula One qualifying. Okay. Sebastian Vettel didn't get out. He didn't set a time. The first slot out in Q1 was Roman Grosjean in the Haas. He's just... Well, the two Hasses were really nowhere. Um, Struggling. Roman Grosjean and Kevin Magnussen. And then, surprise, surprise, it was the two Sabers out as well. Ericsson and um, Pascal. Yeah. Not not good not for... Not too much in Q1. Yeah, not good for any of those teams, but it's nothing unusual. Q2? I mean, do you have much... Apart from Vettel not making a time, there wasn't too much in qualifying. The, all I can say from qualifying, the the two big things for me was Vettel obviously not being able to qualify. Yep. And the second thing was Hamilton doing so well in qualifying. So Hamilton struggled in practice a lot. From a lot I, would be an understatement. From what I understand... Everyone was expecting him to be 5th, 6th, 7th, somewhere around there. Yep. So on Friday practice, the f Red Bulls were fastest again. Yep. Um, obviously, with tricky conditions and the high downforce, they probably were always going to be and not power dependent. Um, but then when it got into the actual qualifying and the later practices, the Ferraris looked like the choice. Yeah, I think so. And then somehow... Lewis, so. Oh, there's there's other things to explain, actually. Lewis had so much problems with his car on Friday that they actually took the aero package that they brought for this track off and put an aero package from earlier in the year onto the car. Oh, really? Yep. So the Mercedes actually ran different packages on, on Bottas's car and Lewis's car because they didn't... Lewis was so unhappy with the car from Friday that he said it was basically undrivable. There's a problem with it get it off, put my stuff back on yep. from, from previous races where it had worked. And he managed to make it work. He still said it wasn't great, but, and, uh, and pull out a pole, which was a really big effort from him. Oh, it was a really good time. It's a 130.07. I mean, Kimmy did a really good job to keep him honest, at least. Oh yeah. Look, I thought Kimmy was going to get him, but he, he didn't manage to in the end. Um, mm. The the Red Bulls weren't too far off either. It was nice to see them within half a second. And they were really close to each other as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've very, I've, very I've gotten happy. I'm 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 over Max out qualifying Ricardo. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Who cares? He definitely has the the There's qualifying pace. No this year. no points in qualifying. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get any points to qualifying, so that's fine. Um, but another driver that did really well in qualifying was Stoffel Van Dorn in seventh. Yeah, once again, out-qualified his teammate, Fernando Alonso, he, way back He had a really good weekend, though. He did, and he's had a couple on the trot now. He's actually been doing quite well. So um, I think there was a switching point uh, sort of mid-season for him, and 
someone maybe sat him down and said, look, this seat's not for you if you're not going to try hard enough. I know the car's not good enough to win, but you still need to you still put, need to like put some effort in. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, well, Fernando Alonso, was t- he qualified 10th with a 131.704. And, yeah, Stoffel Van Dorm with um a 131.582. So that's, you know, it's two hundredths. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So it was a pretty good result. And then you had um Nico Hulkenberg in eighth and Sergio Perez in the Force India in ninth. And Esteban Ocon's starting to look like a little um Yeah, a bit of a speed demon person, isn't he? He's getting some good results. Yeah, yeah. Um Perez had the a virus over the weekend, so he was very unwell. Mm. Um I you remember that time Weber threw up in his helmet and Korea, I think it was. No, I don't remember that one. That's that's disgusting. <laughs> While he was racing, yeah, he threw up. Ugh. And he kept driving. He just yeah. Well, you paid a lot of money to do it, so I guess you'll push through. He had some bad fish. Probably didn't eat fish on race weekend again. I guess no, no. But yeah, I remember. I remember the video. Um, anything else really from qualifying? I there's not too much. It was sort of. No, that that's about it. Those are the big talking points really is um Vettel not qualifying and Lewis doing such a good job with a car that was not really up to the task. Mm. Well then you get to Sunday. On the Sunday, as everyone's forming on the grid, all the cars are out there nicely. Sebastian Vettel starting from last. Did you hear his comment on the radio? Yeah, He's like, Yes, yes, you don't, yes, yes, you don't need to tell me I know I'm starting last. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. That was entertaining. Like how what as a because they, so when they they come over the radio and they remember like remind them of their grid position so they know where to line up on the grid when last. they after their you're starting last. Seb, yeah. Seb, mate, don't overtake anyone. You're last. You were the shittest person on the track today. <laughs> yeah, um, it was quite interesting. Right at the end of the grid walk, uh, with Martin, Martin, oh, yeah, go on. Uh, he he um, basically made everyone aware that something's going on with the Ferrari, all the covers are off. And that was all we got to know until the national anthem singing. To the national anthem, and then we got to watch them push the Ferrari off. Yeah, and then they're going, uh-oh, something's happened to the Ferrari, something's gone wrong. Rumours are that it's the same thing that happened to Seb's car yesterday. So we're talking about Kimmy's car. Yeah, know? and yep. we're talking about Kimmy's car. And they pushed Kimmy's car through a hole in the wall. And then they were like, he's starting from pit lane. That's all it is. He's going to start. And then, nah. Yeah, because they're like, he stayed in the car. He stayed in the car. Wishful thinking. Yeah, obviously. You get out of the just, car. You'd... They're staying in the car was just, oh, we found something quick. Send him. Mm. Uh, he's a lap down. Maybe he can come back to some points with a safety this car. This was his first DNS in years. Yeah. Like years. Yeah, it's, it was a real shame. It was a bit of a letdown because I was actually looking forward to Kimi having a bit of a battle. I honestly thought with Kimi Lewis. could win this race. Yeah, and I thought so too. I didn't see a way that Ferrari could engineer that Kimi could lose and Seb could win. Yeah, there was no way they had to put <laughs> eighteen other cars in between them. <laughs> but somehow, Ferrari managed to <laughs> manufacture a way that Kimi finished below Vettel. Yeah, so a really, really big letdown just as this race was starting, um, which was a real shame. Now, the race start was pretty interesting as well with the, the, the variance of the the track water. Yeah, yeah, because it earlier had in the rained day. a what, couple of hours before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it had only dried on one side of the track. Yeah, um, and it was the... Pole, odd, pole sitter side. Uh, it was the pole sitter side. It wasn't yeah, the Yeah, so the Martin side. said... It was the opposite side, but it was actually the pole sitter side. That's that was what I was drier. looking at, going awesome. Ricardo's on the opposite side. Yeah, I got excited too, but it was actually the and other. And then way I watched around. Ricardo's takeoff, and I was like, yeah, it wasn't all that great. Yeah, yeah, he was on the slippery side, unfortunately. Mm. That's I think why he darted over so quickly to get behind. Uh, nice. well, obviously to defend, but and uh, to get on the drier line. Yeah, I actually thought he might have tried to go up the inside on turn one on Max. Because well, yeah, he, he darted right behind him, and then he went further across. Max kind of covered him a little bit, yeah, and that did. then let, because they kind of balked each other, it then let Bottas have that good run. Didn't Bottas, yeah, I was going to say, Bottas had a great run. Cause was, but Bottas, you watch the on board, he was just like a rocket off the line. Yeah, and also 
that line is pretty popular every year there. There's actually something that Daniel said, if we ever race again here, I, I'll keep that in my memory to go the outside because the outside's actually quicker. Outside turns into the inside. Yeah, yep. It gives you a dominant position for turn two, which is here nor there because we don't know if we'll ever race there again. But um, good to see that he was analysing so quickly. He was already, uh, that's after the race, he was already talking about that. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. All right, race over. Race <laughs> over. And oh, look, I've got a list of incidents. You have a list. Literally longer than my arm. He does. Um, nothing too the much. The thing about him. the race was... There was a few little ones. Um, the very interesting was seeing, like, how quickly Vettel made it up the field. Yeah, he had a few little roadblocks. One of the most interesting one was Alonso. Yeah. Um, getting stuck behind the McLarens when Ferrari has so much more pace down the straight. It yeah, was, very was very weird. odd because I was like, why aren't you just breezing past? And then I thought, like, because I remember at the start of the year, I was saying how Mercedes built a car that really couldn't follow and yeah. Ferrari did. And then the Ferrari in the field, I was like, oh, he's, he's done. He got yeah. up to like 10th or 11th or whatever, I fighting with Alonso and he just couldn't get past him. I think he just didn't want to take too much out of the tires because he seemed to really try and make that first stint last. Um, obviously he needed to being on the harder compound compared to everyone else. He had to do the long stint first and then the short stint last. So that was pretty interesting. Um, he pitted fairly early, I think for the super softs. He did. Um, cause I think he, there was so. a weird pit thing where Hamilton pitted and then Bottas, I think stayed out and then Vettel was behind Bottas and pitted. It was just a really odd pit window. Yeah, yeah. It was, um, so Ham pitted lap twenty seven, um, and put on the softs, and then Vettel pitted in lap twenty eight super softs. Um, he was obviously a long way behind Hamilton at that stage. Yeah, he was twenty odd. I think he was twenty six seconds when Ham pitted. The one that w- was a bit of a I don't know if it was right call or not. Um, was Ricardo. Yeah. Why? Well, what do you expect? Well, I would have imagined that he would have um, like mimicked. Uh, what Ham did, Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, if you if you don't know, if you I'm haven't worked about. out Ham, you're like, mm, I love Ham. Ah, uh, yeah. Honey glazed Ham. Yeah. Mm. Um. So, because they had the better race pace and tire life to Mercedes anyway in their in their practice sessions, so I would have thought that he would have just mimicked him so that he could stay at the same distance, but they held him out for another two or three laps. Because Ricardo actually, went on to lead a lap. Yeah, he. I think he actually stayed out for two more or three more laps. Um, yeah, Ricardo pitted. Yeah, lap thirty. Ricardo pitted, and Hamilton pitted in twenty-seven. So he actually went on for a few more laps, and I think it cost him massively. I think he ended up coming out like eight or nine seconds behind Hamilton when he was only three seconds behind. Yeah, before yeah. the pit stop, it was and almost that's just what under ten the race seconds him, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and that then basically that finished the race. Sebastian Vettel coming up, flying, and I'm looking at the times that Vettel was um, closing the gap between Ricardo, because I was like, I was sitting here, like I said, I was watching with a mate. Um, he come around and was watching it, and he's like, "Oh, do you reckon Hamilton? You reckon Ricardo can catch Vettel? I uh, can catch Hamilton." And I was looking at the um, the times, and I'm like, "He's slowly closing it." But boy, do we have to watch out for Vettel behind him because, like, where Sebat- Ricardo's closing the gap to Hamilton by, like, you know, one hundredth of a second per lap, Vettel was closing the gap by about half a second to Ricardo. Yeah, so there was and a I'm stage where Vettel going, was catching Ricardo by a second and a half a lap, and Ricardo was catching Hamilton by five tenths. Yeah. Like, that's how quick they were ca- gaining on the, the Mercedes. Uh, it. Like, I couldn't see how Vettel had that much more pace. Can you imagine if he had a start at the front of the grid? Oh, he he would have just sailed off into the distance. You wouldn't have seen him. Yeah. It it just, um, it was a very, well, it's hard to say dominant, but because he started he got last driver and of got the to day. fourth. He, it, was, it was a good drive. No one's finished on the podium there. I know that he didn't, but no one's finished on the podium there from starting outside 10th. I'm going to show you an image and I'll put this in our show notes. Yeah. You see that one? The driver of the day on down the bottom of it. Yeah. 
Wasn't that a sad way for Vettel to end his race? Yeah. We'll talk about that a little bit. Um, One thing I actually did want to pick up on, I thought it was really, really funny. Yeah, you look like you got a big grin on your face <laughs> right now. Go well, on, tell well, me. Uh, no, tell look, me and tell the, the people. The, so there's a bit of an Australian hu- humour. Um, I'm not sure if Daniel should probably keep using this phrase because it, it did bamboozle the uh, media a fair bit. His tires are going on holidays, mate. Yes. Yeah, you knew what oh, it was before I said it. Oh. Rears are on holidays. And I've just put in brackets, gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're like, just oh, to no, l- they're dandy. They're great. Yeah, <laughs> they're on to holidays. let anyone know what he's meaning. When he says they're on holidays, they're, they're done. They're yeah. gone. Not, oh, they're going on holidays to revitalize themselves and come back feeling really good. Yeah. Um, there's no hidden code in there. It's just, they're gone. Like, yeah. when your neighbors go on holidays, where are they? They're gone. Yeah, so that that was I, I I had a bit of a chuckle yeah. about that one. That one was pretty funny. Um, there was a lot of good little battles. What did you think of the incident between Alonso and Magnussen, uh, Michael, and in turn two there, where they they had their little coming together? Look, um, Charlie seemed to think it was all okay, but mm, I'm trying to think back. So they basically had a bit of a tangle. Uh, Alonso went up the inside of Magnussen, and then Magnussen did a bit of a switchback on turn two, and he was uh, I just tried to been push. Impressed in, with Magnussen's driving? No, me neither. I actually think he's probably overly aggressive in battling. And he seems to blame everyone else. Yep. Was this after? Then did Hamilton? Then Alonso say something smartass on the radio after this incident? I, th- I think so. Yes. I mean, that's just wild guess because that's what Alonso does. But no, I do remember it. But oh, basically, I, didn't, I didn't take too much away from the incident. So what happened was Magnussen basically pushed Alonso up going into turn two. He pushed him right over to the edge of the track and then a little bit off the track with his inside tires. And Alonso just clipped the curb. I don't know if he did it deliberately. Let's say he probably did. He opened the steering a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that Magnuson couldn't turn into the apex of the corner, and he just bumped Magnuson and sort of drove straight as if they were going to go straight off, and then turned to the last minute as a like a little bit of give me room uh, situation. And uh, I didn't see too much in it. I think it was probably Alonso's got a really for... good racecraft, and I think he can hide these little things. Better than, better some, than yeah. some. Like when other people want to drive someone wide, they might not be able to disguise it as well as someone like Alonso. Yeah, and I think Alonso was very much just, it was an eye for an eye. Look, you ran me out of room and here you go. You raced hard, I'm racing you hard. Mm. Uh, I think if he had given him room, he he would have given room back. Um, I think that's all that was that from that. Um one thing that worried me during the race was Ricardo had his under tray was scraping along the ground on the right hand. Was oh, it broken? Yeah, the right hand side. It I was, was going to say was driver's side, but you know they're in the middle of the car. Yeah, and depends where you're from, I guess. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, the 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 right hand side of the car. It, it, it looked was, like a bit of had broken off. And well, I think itself. it was actually one of the side um, plates on the on the. What do they call them now? The words left me. On the floor. Um, on the yeah, side pods? Yeah, on the side pods, they've got the, the side thingy-majiggies. The wings? The extra upright wings? Yeah, what do they call, but... Upright wings. <laughs> they got the numbers on. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to come back to that one. That's embarrassing. If you know uh, what they're called, write in. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Everyone knows what they're called. They talk about them every race meeting. Not winglets or anything. No, no. Ah. Uh, who cares? Anyway, Upright wings. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so barge boards. Ah, uh, yeah. So, I think it was a part of his barge board or just in front of his barge board. Where I don't know got what the barge boards are. They're just called Upright Wings. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, one of those one of those look like it come unsecured. Um, I don't think it was the actual barge board, but I think it's those little wing bits that are inside the barge board. Yeah. And it, it was hanging down. Um, it was there I, like most of the race. Yeah, I don't think it was costing him too much because I think Max actually ended up having the same one on the same side do the same yeah. thing. So what do you think of the cars producing sparks and stuff now? I like it. They've been I doing like it for a it. couple of years now. They've yeah, but then I know that they've put like an extra sheet of 
metal well, underneath the car. Okay, so the floor of the, the car spark. is wood. Um, the front part of the floor is actually a plank of wood. But they did put a spark plate they on the They put a cars. Teflon plate on the bottom of the... Well, not Teflon, but the titanium mm. plate on the bottom. I, I like it. It's back to the old school days where they had that Teflon. That tef- there you go again. Titanium plate. Yeah. Uh, and when they'd scrape and stuff like that and spark. I like it. Does it does look good for TV and stuff, but... I just think if it's artificial, like especially when you notice like how much I don't think it's out of that artificial, but because they are contacting the ground, they are. It's, they they've do just scrape. instead of the wood touching the ground and wearing out, they've put a, a, a steel plate, plate there. That should do a bit of durability. Yeah, I I don't know. The wood probably wears out a bit easier. Probably I don't know. I I don't know if there's any benefits from it other than the sparks, but I like it. Uh, anyway, what else you got? Um, Palmer. What was he thinking? Yeah. Spun out, and then he goes up the inside of, was it Magnuson? Um, I think it was Magnuson. I'm pretty sure it was again. Yeah, Magnuson has sort of got himself into orbit of issue. Palmer just, he had that really good race last weekend. Yeah. Where well, he, he got told he lost his job, and he had to do really well. And then this weekend, he was like, oh, my job's safe. And you're like, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, look, he lost it, spun out twice in a lap. Just trying a little bit hard on old tires. Obviously, it, you know it's tricky. We're not in the car and stuff like that. It's it's a lot harder than it looks. But um, that was, yeah, not a good showing from him. Were you praying for rain during this race? I was praying for something to happen, but at not at least a safety car. Look, Max was out in front and he doing did. A he really was good doing job. a Vettel job. He yeah. like pulled like ten seconds on him. him. Yeah. Yeah, and they, he d- just was dominant. He d- deserved, well, we can get to that now. Max won his uh, first race for the year and his second race of his career mm. uh, on his birthday weekend. So congratulations, yeah. Max. Happy birthday and well done. Turned um, 20. Yep. That was actually a really, really good drive from him. I like the comment that he made to Hamilton in the cool-down room. Yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, with it going like, Hamilton oh. basically was being cocky and said, oh, I could have stopped you. And then, essentially, yeah, he was like, oh, you know, I could have stopped you. I could have closed the door. And then Max goes to him, yeah, but you've got a championship to, like, worry about. Yeah, he knew. And did that shut up Hamilton? Yeah, he didn't Hamilton say was anything. Hamilton like, didn't say oh, anything after that. All he did was took his shoes off, pushed him to the side. And it's exactly right. Yep, it's true. Verstappen is not fighting for a championship. Hamilton is. Hamilton can't afford to get in the way. This is not saying that Max is going to take out Hamilton. Oh, no, no. Just, ha- uh, like, Max knows that Hamilton's going to give him a bit more room. If, if say, Max is puts in... Max races hard, let's be honest. Yeah, really hard. I'd say he races with a 10% chance on every move he does, he's going to maybe not make it cleanly. Um, maybe that's a little bit high. He's probably better than that. But 8.5. You know what I mean? Like, he, he races hard. He, he will risk it for the biscuit. Mm-hmm. And... Hamilton knew that, and he can't afford to have DNFs now. He's in a commanding no, well, what, place in the championship where he just really needs to finish in the top three of every round now, and he'll win. Yeah, oh, this is what we are saying just before. Now, with what's happened to Ferrari and Rattel, we were really looking forward to this race, this, this championship now being a bit like the 2012 series where it come down to the last race and, you know, you had four people going into it. I knew we didn't have four people going into it, but, you know, we could have had Sebastian and Hamilton fight to the last race, come down to Abu Dhabi, have the duel in the desert. Let's see who can win this. Yeah, I agree. And now it's, it's, um, bit of a it's, shame. it's gone. Hamilton yeah. has this, is it too early to say he's got this in the bag? I think it's too early to say he's got it in the bag, but I say it's, he's definitely it's very got one unlikely on the championship. for anyone to really put up much of a challenge now. Let's be honest. Vettel's the only one that can challenge him now. And 34 it's points. unlikely that he can do it. He needs a couple points. of DNFs from Hamilton. Needs a Mercedes really. to go bang. Yeah. Um, look, they're getting towards the end of their uh, engine lives. Um, Mercedes have used all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vettel took a new engine for this weekend after his problems in qualifying. Should we talk about the almost having to take a new gib? Well, yeah, I guess we're up to that point in the podcast, aren't we? There's a big incident, if you want to cover Huge it. Huge incident. And I was, this was just before I was just going through my, my notes, my notes, uh, text messages to you. Um, yeah, yeah. And there was one there going, 
what the hell? Like, where did that come from? Now, if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the Sebastian Vettel and Lance Stroll incident on the cool-down lap where I don't think I've seen that much damage caused from two cars coming together at such slow pace. You watch during the race, two cars all bump together and you're like, uh, you know, a little winglet might fall off. You might lose an end plate. But these two guys came together at probably... I, I would <laughs> Probably a bit... Oh, it was, yeah, it was around an apex of a corner yeah, too. Yeah, probably so 30 going, or 40 k's now. Bugger all. But Lance sort of... They were going side by side through a corner. Lance yeah. was on the inside. Vettel was coming past faster than Lance. Yeah. Lance was rolling on the inside at a slower pace and Vettel overtook him basically around the outside. Yeah. And Lance sort of didn't turn at the apex. Yeah, he sort of straightened up a little bit, didn't he? Yeah, it's like he went to collect some rubber, but you weren't either on the outside of the track where it's throwing rubber. You're still on a bit of the track that, you know, cars have been driving on a fair bit. Come into contact with Vettel and the back wheel, and it basically ripped it off. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're looking at the cool-down lap, and then you're seeing Sebastian Vettel with the, the rear wheel basically in his air duct. Yeah, well, it smashed his wing. It smashed the shark wing off the top. It did a fair bit of damage. A huge bit of damage. And then there was all this talk about going, well, it might cost him a gearbox. And because he made it to the end of the race, he yeah. can't get... Yeah, he can't claim can't a free change, gearbox, yeah. Which I think is a bit stupid. If that happened and it destroyed his gearbox, you'd be like, I didn't get to the very end of the race. The very I end of the race. I think they've got to be really careful with it because people might start deliberately having incidents after a race, if you know what I mean. Obviously, this was looked 100% like an accident, but they've got to be very careful with bending the rules. Oh, yeah. It's when you get Mercedes, like the Bottas and Hamilton coming <laughs> yeah. together on a cool-down lap and just like, just hit him right here. We've built a little weak spot into a car where both your ends will just fall off and then we'll get new gearbox and engine <laughs> changes. <laughs> yeah. Um, what a crazy end of the race but we just flashed to this car that's got a wheel on top of it going and then they tried to cut what? to the they tried to cut to on board to show you what happened and then nothing yeah and then you're like okay and like come on show me this and but then at the same time the cool down room's going on you're like oh i want to see inside that ah oh, it was what did you think of Fatel taking his steering wheel with him when he got out of the car a little odd but i would tell you this i love the fact that he got a lift back uh i yeah i hope he well, I don't I'm think sure he's he going to get in trouble. trouble. I'm sure he would have got. Uh, in yeah, but I don't think the considering the Formula One put it all up on his on their YouTube and all their social media is going Sebastian Vettel driving, you know, getting a lift home. Um, I think if they really wanted to shun that, they wouldn't publicize it as much. Yeah, really, I know. Is you're that Formula One or FIA that have to do it? But I guess. Well, it was Formula One's social media posting it? Yeah, and FIA will be the one to penalize. But it's okay, a shame. I know. Look, it's look, old school. We're gonna get the same thing as we get the pedestrian society of Australia going. There's no way the Northern Territory should have open speed limits. Sink of the pedestrians, and you're like, do you have any idea about this road? It's one bloody great big road that goes for three thousand kilometers with no one on it. Yeah, you don't have pedestrians it's on got, the Stuart Highway. It's got four major towns on it. So you get in these three thousand kilometers. <laughs> you get you get these type of people that go, well, you can't ride on the side of a car. You're like. These are professional drivers that race these things at 300 kilometers an hour plus. They can drive with someone on their side pod when they're doing 50. Yeah, if not, they're doing less, I reckon. Yeah. He basically crawled it back. He did the right thing. Um, I liked it. I loved, loved every I like bit it. of it. It's a show of sportsmanship. Yeah. Um, I think Seb took his steering wheel because of this whole fancy clutch system with this year's regs with the single single clutch release basically you can't do a pre preset release yeah, and yep. another release and they've got all these fancy clutches in all these different cars of the paddles on the back of the steering wheel i was just thinking how little room was in verline's lap oh yeah there wouldn't like, have been much. they're already like no one can see me but i'm sort of like tucked up in the position that they're roughly doing like there's nothing there you already watch them when they turn they pretty much punch themselves in the gut when they turn full lock anyway and then to go have someone else chuck a steering wheel in and from a bit of a distance too like i don't know if pascal actually realized he was getting a steering wheel <laughs> um it was a bit funny it was 
But it was good to see. I don't want them to lose this. I don't want them to lose that. It's something that... It doesn't happen every race. It's not like every race you're getting people right on the side of these cars. No. I think it was nice. I liked it. Um, I hope neither of them get any penalties for it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I liked it. it was cool. I haven't read anything. We are recording this a day later than what we normally... We're doing this on Tuesday. Um, I haven't seen anything about him getting it's in trouble. There's not been much news in general come out this week. Um, no. Um, we are hotting up. We are... We we're on the eve. We're... We Bad Thursday. Yes. Now we've got Thursday. Uh, we'll have practice starting at Bathurst, which I'm excited about. Uh, it, it should be very good. Quick one. Just let everyone know. Um, if this didn't give you a Formula One fix, don't hold your breath for next week. <laughs> yeah. Um, last year, we had a lot of issues trying to watch the, Formula, the V8 supercars and the Formula One at the same time because I think they do overlap. We will try and give you as much recap of the Formula One as we can. But it will mainly be the Bathurst 1000 episode next week. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how it goes anyway. Mm. We'll do our best for you. We'll try. So, quickly, top on the V8 supercars. Well, uh, predictions. Todd Kelly. No, that's not a prediction. <laughs> um, oh, Todd Kelly, eh? <laughs> Todd Ke- hey, if that happens, Todd Kelly and Jack LeBrock, you know, you heard it here first. Um, <laughs> no, Todd Kelly's doing his 20th Bathurst start and he'll be racing under the number 20. Yeah, that's um, something you told me about today. That's pretty cool. And I, I, this happens every every episode, I swear. We say something on the show and then something happens that we said on the show. So you said more teams should use the Sandown liveries and go across and do maybe all three events. Well, Walkinshaw, Ryan Walkinshaw must be listening to our show. So how's it going, Ryan? Um, the O2 car. Scotty Pies, yeah, mate. They're keeping the same livery. Oh, that's that is so what we good. wanted <laughs> because that was the best livery there is. Yeah, that is that's better than all the current liveries. <laughs> yeah, like you should just run that all the time. Um, another one that's running a special livery, Pro Drive. Pro Drive are going to be running an Alan Moffat tribute livery. Now, this is where I get a bee under my bonnet. What grinds your gears? You know what grinds my gears when you don't use a clutch properly? No. Um, <laughs> the fact that ProDrive didn't even run anything in the retro round, and then now they're going to a retro livery. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's really odd. It's just... I don't know. I just... That's my issue with this retro round, is when they don't... All the cars don't do it. I mean, I don't care. I love the fact that they're going to do this um, Moffat tribute livery at Bathurst because I don't know all the cars that they keep doing is going back to the ones that they did the last couple of years which looked really good with the um when they did that one two finish with you know the white car with the red and blue stripes yeah yeah um I can't remember how many when, what year it was but they've done done that livery in the past and it looked really good yeah I look forward to it that that is a good looking livery um other than that, I I just haven't been on top of all the news with supercars. Nissan running a big four sponsors on Caruso's car. Yeah, look, there's been a, a few little things in supercars, but nothing major. Um, uh, Todd and um, Blanchard's new cars. Oh, yeah, uh, that got all that. Had I've a shakedown and everything, so that looks like it's good to go for um, Bathurst. Oh, and there was uh, another test there. video, um, which I posted up onto uh, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Facebook, and um, that got good little response. A lot of people seeing that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the Red Bull are pushing forward with the, the new car and um, and engine setup. So mm. that's that's awesome to hope. Hopefully, they can get that figured out pretty well before next year, so that they can at least be competitive for next year's championship. Now. Okay, now who, the question. Who will win the Super Cheap Auto Bathurst 1000? Jamie Wincup. Oh, is that what you reckoned as well? I'm thinking about it. But then uh, I also think of ways, how how can he throw it away? Oh. How can he get into position to win the race and throw it away? It's true. It, all the team. Um, I'm still thinking, Jamie. Fingers crossed for Craig Lance. That's who I want to win. Uh, have a fairy tale last couple of uh, Bathurst for Craig. 
Not saying that he's going to retire in a couple of years, but odds are that he's probably the not last, got too many Not more. This won't be his last main game drive, but it would definitely... He, he's only got a couple more years of main game drives, I think, before he will retire and become a a co-driver. Wouldn't that be awesome to see him and Jamie back together? No, it'd be good, wouldn't it? You would not stop them. You wouldn't not put money on them. <laughs> you wouldn't want to put money on and them. And the They'd thing is, you wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't know. Like, either one of them could do all the t- as many laps yeah. as they wanted. Yeah. Anyway, um, maybe post in what you guys think. Who do you yeah, think is going to win Let us know who you think is going to win Bathurst. Who do you reckon is going to be the best qualifier? That's a big one. And do you reckon we'll see a record this year? I think Davey Reynolds is going to do all right in qualifying. Pole? No. Now, do we have another one of those funny race to the grid situations here? No, they do shootout. Yeah, okay, that's good. They do the shootout. I don't like the race to the grid idea. I think that's bullshit. They should just put a small race in that day. Oh, and another thing. um, Next year, the 2018 Bathurst race for the Super 2s will be for points. Oh, so because they, they didn't get any wild card entries. Yeah. So the whole idea with this year for Super Twos, um, which we can actually say, Bryce is entering. Yes, confirmed. I have seen the entry list, and he, he is. He, com- he came out and confirmed it last week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thanks to Middies and a few other big sponsors on his um, car that sort of come through with some extra funding and uh, and got him to the grid. Fourteen cars. To the grid, oh, I think. It's a very small grid. There's less cars entering than what they wanted, um, mainly because the cars that... I don't think Gary Jacobson's doing double stint. Yeah. So he's only doing the main game. Um, so a lot of the guys... I don't think Jack LeBrock is doing the Super 2s. I think they're just doing the main game because it's not for points. Why would you risk it? Look, that is a a pretty good point, and I don't think anyone really seen that at the at the initial. Well, the initial thing, supercars were like all of these. They they I think if supercars got every single one of their drivers out of super twos and they all entered a wild card entry, they'd be like, that's achieved exactly what they wanted. Yeah, I think they wanted a grid back to like forty, fifty cars. Ah, uh, look, I think they were only looking to pick up two or three out of the grid, and they would have called it a success. But they got none. Yeah. Um the problem was all the guy all the guys that probably are ready for a V eight supercar Bathurst one thousand got seats pretty much. There's probably only a couple of drivers that were ready for seats that didn't get seats. Would you put Shay and Bryce in a team together? As a random oh, if you wanted them to fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um might be a good team building thing for them, maybe good Matt team White building spenders. Yeah, just like <laughs> there you go. Stop hating each other. You gotta work together. Yeah. Um, look, it's, it's definitely something that had a great idea, but it obviously backfires in the opposite direction. Yep. It's the most expensive race of the year, probably for the, for them to do. Um, and if they don't need to do it for points, a lot of these guys are struggling to make it to the end of the year yep. on money as well. Uh, so, so it's, yeah, at least it'll be points again next year. So you should have the full field again. Um, It'd just be, yeah, interesting to see. I think we've really just got Bathurst left to go. And then the rest of the races. But, you know, Bathurst is the big one. It is the big one. It's a bit of a pinnacle in the year. It's um, it's can't wait for it, to be honest. It's, right. it's going to be a good weekend. Well, we're going to wrap it up there. Um, Don't forget, let us know who you think is going to win. Write in. Leave a message on Facebook, either either. We're happy with it. Um. No, no, no! Final touches. I don't, I don't know. Don't think so. No, I think that's it. Um, we're, we're we'll leave it at that. And uh, we got our live show coming up in November. Um, we'll get the dates down. But just, I just got to keep plugging it. Got to keep telling everyone. Remember the live show. Um, hit us up with any questions you want for the live show. I've got a few emails I've got to send off, so we might have a little surprise. I don't know, but we'll work that out. Anyway. Um, thank you guys for listening for this another episode of Breaking Late. Um, if you leave a review on any of the podcasting apps that you find it from, for iTunes, Pocket Casts, wherever you get your podcast from, any review is helpful. 
Um, send through any of your feedback to breakinglate at gmail.com or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash breakinglate. And yeah, that is us done for another week. Don't expect much Formula One next week. Mainly lots of V8 supercar rambling. There'll be plenty to talk about, I'm sure. There's six hours of it. Yeah, plus all the qualifying and uh, bring it on, out. bring it on. That's what I say. And and um, super twos as well. So hopefully we have a good weekend. Should and, be uh, good. Hope everyone out there enjoys the race. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Catch ya. Bye. Bye. Uh just one quick thing, JD and I would like to add. We just want to let our know that our thoughts are with everyone involved in the Las Vegas shootings. Um, that's a real tragic result. Um, it's something that really shouldn't happen at any event. Yeah, it's, it's really scary to imagine that type of stuff happening. Um, so yeah, to everyone out there, be strong thoughts with you. You know, just don't make this, don't let these type of things stop you from going out and enjoying these big music events or any motorsport or anything like that. You something that if we stop doing that, they win, and we don't want that. We want everyone to just really enjoy themselves. So, yeah, it's it's, it's a shocking thing to have. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard to talk about, but our thoughts are with everyone. So, thank you.